Welcome to the Outery Podcast, where we're all about building community through connecting God's heart to the body. We're your hosts, Jamie DeShane and... Jakob Sims. Jakob Sims. That's what we should do. Jakob. Jakob. Oh gosh, we're already starting it again Good before stuff. we even start. Good stuff. But today we're going to be continuing on in John. Uh, we did chapters 5 and 6 last time. We'll be continuing on 7 and 8. Uh, not a lot of banter today. We're just going to jump into it because there is a lot to cover. Yes. And we're trying to do it in a reasonable time frame for studying because uh, the last one was almost an hour long. And so yep. we're we're going to try to condense down today. But before we jump in real quick, as always, let's go to the God in prayer. Father, we just thank you and praise you for the day, Lord. We thank you for the opportunity to fellowship, to come together, to learn your word, to hear your word, to dwell on your word, and to just know you more. That's the whole point of this scripture and the deep dives is just to know you more, to know Jesus more, to know your heart more, to see more of the blood of Christ, to see more revelation, to see everything from, you know, the Jews, the Gentiles, you know, for those of us that are close to God, far away from God, wanting to really just, again, know you deeper, God. We just thank you and praise you for giving us this word that not a lot of people have in the world, God. We, we don't ever want to take that for granted. Uh, we love you. We praise you. Again, we thank you for giving us the opportunity to give this word to other people, to go deep dives in this, for the Bible studies, for people listening today, tomorrow, or whenever they're listening to this podcast, God. Again, we just thank you for giving us the opportunity to be the conduits to give your word out and to even talk about it more, God. We love you. We praise you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Hey, man. Hey, man. All right. So like I said, we're going to jump right on in. ESV, get your notes ready. We're jumping in in three, two, one. Let's go. Uh, chapter one of, sorry, chapter seven, verse one. After this, Jesus went up about in Galilee. He would not go about in Judea because the Jews were seeking to kill him. Now, these are the why. these are the bad ones. These yeah. are, wonder I think, uh, I think the last little bit of the, I don't know, the you're going to eat my flesh and drink yeah. my blood. I think That's that might stuff. have uh, hit a vein. A little, yep. a little. Good content. But uh, yeah, so their Jews are out to kill Jesus. Now, the Jews' feast of booths was at hand. So his brother said to him, leave here and go to Judea that your disciples also may see the works you are doing. For no one works in the secret if he seeks to be known openly if you do not do these things show yourself to the world for not even his brothers believed in him jesus said to them my time has not yet come but your time is always here the world cannot hate you but it hates me because i testify about it that it works are evil you go up to the feast i am not going up to this feast for my time has not yet fully come after saying this he remained in galilee but after his brothers had gone up to the feast, then he also went up. <laughs> I love how he's like, you go ahead, but I'm going to secretly come up. Right. Uh, not publicly, but in private. The Jews were looking for him at the feast and saying, where is he? And there was much muttering about him among the people. While some said, he is a good man. Others said, no, he is leading the people astray. Yet for the fear of the Jews, no one spoke openly of him. I, I want to add something right here. Yeah. I want to... To examine something, and this just kind of popped in my head. I, I didn't think about it until now. Notice how Jesus is very particular about his timing. We could probably take note of that. You know, we see something on Instagram, on Facebook, or, you know, somebody says something, and we feel like we have to just lunge and attack like that. Yep. Notice that Jesus waits till the right time. Mm -hmm. You know, he doesn't just immediately jump in and say, no, you're wrong. You're going to hell. No, Jesus takes his time. And I think he does it on purpose, just as we should. Like if we see something online uh, on Facebook or something that we disagree with, we are always so just readily ready to jump in and, yep. and, and give our two cents. 
I think that we should present grace. I think that we should present um, mercy to those around us. Um, we shouldn't judge or condemn, but we should, I don't know, maybe love them. And I'm not trying to get into hyper grace. I'm not trying to get into this, you know, never call out a brother or sister because we are called to do that. We are called to, you know, lift one another up and and be there for one another. But there's a way that we do things and there's a timing for everything. You know, Mm -hmm. Jesus, and we're going to see that in one of the stories here, Jesus always develops relationships before he dives in and says that that's wrong. And Jesus so, is a savage, too, because if you notice, Jesus, every time it talks about in the scripture where someone had issues with him or was trying to kill him or whatever, look what he did. He went to them. Right. He never ran away. He always went to them or was underneath their nose the entire time. Right. And so I just want to encourage you out there. There's a lot of stuff going on in our country and, and in the world. Don't be so quick to just jump on somebody's Facebook status and just berate them, even if... They are in the wrong. Approach them in love. Approach them as a brother and sister in Christ and say, hey, man, I love you. Or, you know, give it time. God will reveal to you when the timing is correct. And sometimes we allow our emotions to override our actions. And so we emotionally put stuff out there. And let me just tell you, you can put a Facebook comment. You can put a tweet. Once you put it out there, it's always out there. Mm-hmm. Whether you delete it or not, it's always out there. So that's my uh, little tidbit to you today. Just, you know, we could follow example of Jesus and show that, you know, he knew. Mm-hmm. He knew that they were searching for him. He knew that um, his time had not come yet. So he knew that had he gone out and exposed himself, they were looking for him. They were going to get him and kill him. Yep. So there, there is nothing wrong with seeing something that you disagree with and not answering to it or not posting on it, you know, take time, allow God to speak through you and God will give you the right words, the right manner to do so. Exactly. Awesome. I love that. Let's continue on in, what was it? Verse, where 10? were we at? 10? No, it was uh, 11, I think. No, we went past that 13. For the, yet, for yep. the fear of the yep. Jews, no one spoke openly of them. Yes. About the middle of the feast, Jesus went up into the temple and began teaching. So not only did he go to where they were trying to try to kill him, he went right up in that business and started right. teaching. The Jews therefore marveled, saying, How is it that this man has learning when he has never studied? Mm. So Jesus answered them, My teaching is not on my own, but his who sent me. If anyone's will is to do God's will, he will know whether the teaching is from God or whether I am speaking on my own authority. The one who speaks on his own authority seeks his own glory, but the one who seeks the glory of him who sent him is true. And in him there is no falsehood. Has not Moses given you the law? Yet none of you keep the law. Why do you seek to kill me? The crowd answered, You have a demon who is seeking to kill you. Jesus answered them, I did not. I did one work, and you all marvel at it. Moses gave you circumcision. It's like, hold on. Do you not realize what circumcision is? Moses gave you that. Not that it is from Moses, but from the fathers. And you circumcise a man on the Sabbath. If on the Sabbath a man receives circumcision so that the law of Moses may not be broken, are you angry with me? Because on the Sabbath I made a man's whole body well. Mm. Do not judge by appearances, but judge with the right judgment. Man, I love how they're like, you have a demon, like you're doing all this stuff, and Jesus is like, hold on now, like you're trying to tell me all these legalistic terms right. and legalistic ways, and but even you have no clue how far you strayed from right. your own legalism, right? And he's like, do not judge by appearance, 
but but judge for the right judgment. Right, man. It's just I love how this is this is where we start getting into uh, my one of my favorite. You know, we all have the versions of Jesus. Uh, this is this is like savage Jesus. Jesus is going up in there and going, "Hey, listen, I'm going to teach right in front of you. I'm going to tell you the truth, and I'm going to tell you I'm not from my own authority. It's from the authority of the Father that sent me. Right, and you can't do nothing about it. That's right. I love. Oh man, I love it. Occasion <laughs> on verse twenty five. Some of the people of Jerusalem therefore said. Is not this the man who they seek to kill? So all of a sudden they're like, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. This is that guy. This, yep. this is him. This is him. And here he is speaking openly and they say nothing to him. Can it be that the authorities really know that this is the Christ? But we know where this man comes from. And when the Christ appears, no one will know where he comes from. So they're sitting there going, okay, wait a minute. We know that he came from Mary and from right. Joseph. There's no way this could be the Christ. Right. So then Jesus proclaimed as he taught in the temple, you know me. And you know where I come from, but I have not come of my own accord. He who has sent me is true, and him you do not know. I know him, for I come from him, and he sent me. So again, the whole back and forth, Father, me, me, Father. He's like, listen, again, I'm telling you the authority of which I speak of is coming from the witness, the one that bore witness to me when I got baptized is the Father. So they were seeking to arrest him, but no one laid a hand on him because his hour had not yet come. Yet many of the people believed in him. They said, when the Christ appears, will he do more signs than this man has done? So what's interesting here is that when you read this, I don't think Jesus is a magician. Mm-hmm. I don't think like they went to go lay hands on him and he was he was like uh, like just disappear, like right. uh, ninja vanish. Like I don't think it was something like that. And I don't think it was like people playing... Uh, uh, what is it? Uh, flag football? You know yeah. how like you're trying to dodge and people right. trying to get people to grab your flags. I don't think that happened either. I literally think Jesus was like, "All right," and just I'm gonna walk walked out. out. And yeah. people just like parted Red Sea wise, just moved out the way, and he walked out. Like they had the the thought of stopping him, but it was almost like a, "Well, I'm not gonna do it." Mm-hmm. Yeah, this man may do something to me if I try and stop him. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, it's like. It's almost like when I read this, I think of the convictions already working, and so right. there's inner conviction of like. Could this be the Christ? It's almost like an image thing, mm-hmm. like the uh, the popular belief that's going around. Well, I'm going to really believe this, but then I'm not going to put any action to it. Mm-hmm. Shots that's fired. A, yeah, that's uh, familiar. <laughs> Continue on verse 32. The Pharisees heard the crowd muttering these things about him, and the chief priests and Pharisees sent officers to arrest him. Jesus then said, I will be with you a little longer. Sorry, I will be with you a little longer, and then I am going to him who sent me. You will seek me. And you will not find me. Where I am, you cannot come. The Jews said to one another, Where does this man intend to go that we will not find him? Does he intend to go to the dispersion among the Greeks and teach the Greeks? What does he mean by this saying? You will seek me and you will not find me. And where am I, you cannot come. So again, Jesus is... I love how he sprinkles in every little place that he's going to die. And then he's going to go be raised up back to the Father. We read in the previous scriptures how Jesus called them on the fact of, Hey, you know, I'm going to be ascending back to heaven. Right. And you wouldn't even believe in that if you if you can't even believe that if I can't tell you about me being the flesh and me being the blood that you're going to consume. So, and that's what I was going to add is you know if you if you weren't ever able to pick that up, that's what Jesus is alluding to. He is talking about the crucifixion. He's talking about the cross. He's talking about um, uh, dying and 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 then the resurrection. And then once the resurrection happens, you know he's here for forty days and then he ascends to heaven. I will be with you a little longer, and then I'm going to him who sent me. He will ascend back to heaven to take his rightful place on the throne as king. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is they talk about the dispersion among the Greeks and teach the Greeks. Um, these were considered Gentiles. Right. So they were like, oh, so basically he's going to go away from us Jewish people 
because we're not going to go seek where the Gentiles are. Right. Yeah. We're not going to the slums. Yeah, we're not going to go there. So is that what he's saying? And right. again, they're missing the entire, yep. the analogy, the, um, the, oh my gosh, the word you said uh, a minute ago, the symbol, symbolism. <laughs> <laughs> Can't do it. Can't, Can't do it. it. The symbolism of it. So then it continues on uh, in verse 37. On the last day of the feast, the great day, Jesus stood up and cried out, if anyone thirsts, let him come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. Amen. Now this is he, and now this he said about the spirit whom those who believed in him were to give, receive as, I am like messing up my words today. (laughs) For as yet the spirit had not given, given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So again, this, John knows that after the fact that when Jesus passes, the Holy Spirit comes in to the communal, the disciples, and it hits them hard. This is what he's talking about, how the spirit hasn't been there yet because Jesus hasn't been glorified yet. He hasn't gone on to be you know, killed, be slain, be resurrected from the grave and to ascend to heaven. Like he's not basically walked into his full glory yet. So then the spirit couldn't walk in full glory yet. So then it continues on verse 40. When they heard these words, some of the people said, this really is the prophet. Others said, this is the Christ. But some said, is this the Christ to come from Galilee? Like that place, the slums, the nasty play. We don't even want to talk about this guy. No way. Has not the scripture said that the Christ comes from the offspring of David, comes from Bethlehem, the village where David was? So there was a division among the people over him. Some of them wanted to arrest him, but no one again laid their hands on him. The officers then came to the chief priests and Pharisees who said to them, Why did you not bring him? The officers answered, No one has ever spoken like this man. The Pharisees answered them, Have you also been deceived? Have any of you authority of the or have any of the authorities or the Pharisees believed in him? But this crowd that does not know the law is accursed. Nicodemus, who had gone to him before and who was one of them, said to them, Does our law judge a man without first giving him hearing and learning what he does? They replied, Are you from Galilee too? Search and see that no prophet arises from Galilee. So I love how Nicodemus gets brought up again because up until this point, Nicodemus already had that meeting. Right. And so he's like, hold on. I've seen clearly now because I, my, my, like we talk about the watering. And again, I love how Jesus, you know, in the scripture, rivers of living water. The last time we talked about water, you know, it went into that whole spiel, the water to wine. And then we had Nicodemus and how his, his mind was cleansed about being reborn again. And then him sitting here going even to his pharisaical people, listen, you won't even like have ears for this man. You won't sit down and listen. And even when he speaks up, they slap him back down and like, are you from Galilee too? Like, are you an idiot? Are you right. this? Are you that? Shut up, pretty much. They shut Nicodemus down and go, search and see that no prophet arises from Galilee. Right. So, man, such an interesting chapter seven. There's there's a lot in it, but you know, on the surface level, it's pretty easy to understand. Right. Because obviously Jesus is doing so much. The Pharisees are wanting to go after him. They're wanting to kill him. They're wanting to arrest him. And it's interesting that even the people that have the authority to do so aren't doing it. Right. They can't lay their hands on him. They can't touch him. And again, it's a, it's a testament. It's like when you hear Jesus talking about, listen, my authority is not my own. It's from my father. At the same time, it's like my father hasn't given you authority yet. Right. My time hasn't come. So my father hasn't given you authority yet to arrest me. Right. My, you know, the father gives all authority. Yeah. And so then they're like, I, you know, this man is speaking so much truth. You know, there's no, I don't have the Holy Spirit in me yet, but this Holy Spirit that resides in Christ is speaking to us and convicting right. us. Right. We got to remember that. Like before, before the Holy Spirit came to all of us, 
the Holy Spirit resided in Jesus. Right. So people are getting the Holy Spirit, and it's coming from the lips of Christ himself. Right. So that's kind of what we have to understand is that, yeah, they may not have the Holy Spirit, but that's why there's conviction from Jesus's words because he had the Holy Spirit in them. Right. So uh, you have anything to add before we go on to kind of the eh, kind of the inner inner works of the manuscripts uh, and all I, that? Uh, no, the only thing that I was going to add is we may, I just now thought about this, we may do an episode uh, in the future over the feast, the different yeah. feast. Yeah, um, I thought about that too. Would, um, there, there's some pretty cool stuff that you can, uh, the things that Jesus was saying at the Feast of Booths that kind of uh, intertwine with each other. But we, yeah, I agree. Um, uh, we'll, we'll venture. We'll that. venture we'll, that. Yeah. So we're going to move on here to verse, uh, to John 8, um, woman caught in adultery. So uh, depending upon if you are reading with us in ESV, you're probably coming across for the first time where it says the earliest manuscripts do not include chapter 7, 53 through 8, 11. Um, this is kind of a, uh, afterthought this was something that was put into the gospel after the fact you know a little drop down many that we're looking at in the esv right now that you can probably if you've got the you version app in front of you it talks about how it can be put into uh, john 7 john 21 um, luke 21 Uh, it can be can kind of be set in but for some reason um, i'm not gonna say man i'm gonna say god felt that it needed to be in john so that's what we're going to basically move on from and, and leave it as is. So now we're going to cover the woman cult in adultery, which is uh, kind of, I love the story. I love every story this in John, right. but this one's very interesting. So verse one, chapter eight, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives early in the morning. He came again to the temple. All the people came to him and he sat down and taught them. The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery and placing her in the midst. They said to him, teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. So wait a minute. I just I want to pause there because were they actually sitting outside? Were right. they literally listening into her committing adultery? Right. Like what were they doing? Like yeah. during this time, I always read this. And I'm like, you know, if they caught this woman in the midst of adultery, I mean, kind of really like, right. come on now, you know, they're trying to trap Jesus here, so they throw this woman in front of Jesus and they say, "Not in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such a woman." So what do you say? So this they said to test him that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote his finger on the ground. And as they continued to ask him, he stood up and said to them, Let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her. And once more he bent down and wrote on the ground. But when they heard it, they went away by one, one by one, beginning with the older ones. And Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Jesus stood up and said to her, Woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. So there's been so many interesting correlations here because you've got, you know, basically these people saying they caught this woman in the middle of adultery, they bring them to Jesus, trying to test Jesus so they can arrest Jesus. But there's a lot of stuff that's happening here. We don't know what Jesus wrote in the sand. And it says it started with the older ones right. and went to the newer ones. Some scholars think that they were he was writing their sins in the sand and like saying, those of you that haven't done anything. And that it's like you could tell like the old ones were going away one at a time, it said. So it's like, was he doing that? Was he writing something else that was more convicting? You know, what, what was Jesus writing in the sand? And so right. we can sit here and we can reflect day in and day out. What, what was it? What was it? But regardless, he did it twice. He started writing sands, then he stood up, and then bent right back down, started writing sands again, and they dissipated. Right. And that's kind of what's cool about this is, again, it's like no matter what stuff you've done in your life, 
you know, when Jesus steps in, when you go before Jesus, you know, this in this story, you know, that she was thrown before Jesus. But if you openly go before Jesus, you know, because obviously this is after the fact, Jesus' blood covered your sin. You don't have to live with that continued sin. You can be repentful. You can turn away from it. But to, to truly beat it is Christ. Right. And so I love how this story also correlates with that because at the end he says, neither do I condemn you. Go on and sin no more. Right. So he's like, hey, don't don't continue doing what you were doing. And I'm, I'm not accepting you for your sin. I'm accepting you on outskirts of your sin because I've already covered it. And this this passage is frustrating to me because of what we do to it. Um, you know, people can take this and use it for hyper grace of, I can do whatever I want, and I'm going to use this excuse of, well, uh, you sin too, so yep. uh, my sin is justified, and they continue to sin. That's not what Jesus is saying right here. You know, Jesus comes to her and says, um, you know, I'm not going to condemn you, but don't go and sin anymore. And Because the one thing that a lot of people don't like to hear, and, and I'm just going to drop this truth on you, is the the consequence of adultery is justified here. Yeah. She should have died. Yep. She, she should, should have been stoned. Been stoned. Mm-hmm. Why? Because the law is perfect. Mm-hmm. The law is just. So what is Jesus displaying right here? Yes. She sinned and she is condemned to death. So are all of we. For the wages of sin is what? Death. We are all sinners. We all deserve death. But what does Jesus show right here? He displays mercy and grace. Because he could have been the only one to throw the right. stone. What is mercy? God not giving to us what we deserve. Yep. What is that? Death. Because we're sinners. We deserve death. How does he display grace? By giving us something that we don't deserve, giving us eternal life through his shed blood. So Jesus is showing right here, yes, the law is just. It's perfect. It's, it, it, is, it, it can be applied that she deserves death, but he is greater than that sin. He is greater than death, and he grants life. So he grants her the life that she is to live now without sin. And, and that, that's another, again, go and sin no more. Jesus covers all the bases right here. He displays mercy. He displays grace. He shows that we should go and sin no more. He is proclaiming the gospel right here. When the gospel is applied to our lives, we receive mercy from God. We receive grace from God. But we also have a new life, a new creature we become, and we are to live and abide in him by his laws, by his commandments, by the fruits of the Spirit. We are to try and sin no more. Now, does that mean that we're perfect? By no means. We are still going to mess up. I'm sure that this woman's still messed up. <laughs> but what we need to see, and, and I think that's why I get so fired up, because people take this verse out of context. Yeah. When this verse right here, or this passage right here, is the essence of the gospel. Yep. This is where the gospel is taught most, that we deserve death, but Jesus comes to bring life. Yep. I mean, it's, it's so good. And I love, again, correlations with women. Right. Like, hey, we're going to throw this woman down that we, you know, we feel is a nobody that should be stoned. And Jesus is like, hold up now. Right. Hold up. I'm here for her too. Right. Man, I love it. Continuing in verse 12, this is going to be, so we've already covered the first I am statement. I am the bread of life. This is the second one, the I am the light of the world. So in verse 12, it says, again, Jesus spoke to them saying, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So the Pharisees said to him, you are bearing witness about yourself. 
So hold up, Jesus. Hold on now. You said you weren't going to do this. You said the father did it. So the Pharisees are like quickly jumping on Jesus. You bearing your witness about yourself. Your testimony is not true. Jesus answered, even if I do bear witness about myself, my testimony is true. For I know where I come from and where I'm going, but you do not know where I come from or where I'm going. You judge according to the flesh. I judge no one. Which is also interesting that, you know, he continues on, yet even if I do judge, my judgment is true. For it is not alone who I who judge, but I and the Father who sent me. Amen. It's interesting because he mentions earlier in the last couple of scriptures, I think it was as it chapter six or whatever, where he mentions that the Father gave him yes. judgment. Yeah. So the Father, so that he would have the authority, so that we would understand that Jesus is like, I have been given judgment over right. you. So then he's sitting here going, but I don't judge anyone. But if I do judge, it's true. It's just. It is just. Right. Verse 17, in your law, it is written that the testimony of two people is true. I am the one who bears witness about myself and the father who sent me bears about me myself. So again, there's, he's saying, listen, you want to talk about being, you know, by the law, guess what? There are two people. It's myself and my father. They said to him, therefore, where is your father? Jesus answered, you know, neither me nor my father. If you knew me, you would know my father also. Ouch. These words he spoke in the treasury as he taught in the temple. Again, he's teaching right in the freaking midst of them. But no one arrested him because his hour had not yet come. This is the third time it has mentioned that no one would arrest him when he's saying these things that they would consider so blasphemous. Right. So he said to them again, I am going away and you will seek me and you will die in your sin. Where I am going, you cannot come. So the Jews said, Will he kill himself since he says, where I am going, you cannot come? He said to them, you are from below. I am from above. You are of this world. I am not of this world. I told you that you would die in your sins, for unless you believe that I am he, you will die in your sins. So I said to him, who are you? Jesus said to them, just just what I am have been telling you from the beginning. I have much to say about you and much to judge, but he who sent me is true, and I declare to the world what I have heard. From him, They did not understand that he had been speaking to them about the Father. So Jesus said to them, When you have lifted up the Son of Man, then you will know that I am he, and that I do nothing on my own authority but speak just as the Father taught me. And he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I have always done things that are pleasing to him. As he was saying these things, many believed in him. So again, Jesus is talking about the, the crucifixion. Right. He is saying, hey, listen, you, you will not believe in me until I'm lifted up. Right. You will not believe in me until I'm on that cross dying. And then you will see, you will feel that, you know, they talks about how that there was an earthquake that took that, that, that split the veil. So people are, it's not only they're not going to see to believe, they're going to feel to right. believe. They're going to, they're, the, the, the sense of everything that's going to happen. He's like, oh, you will believe. And I love how he says, and he who sent me is with me. He has not left me alone, for I've always do the things that are pleasing to him. Right. So the only time that God ever left Jesus was when the, the crucifixion happened. That's when he turned away. That's when everything was cut off. That's when the death happened. And so I love how he's like, listen, uh, and you know, it's it's not pleasing to God that I die. Right. Like God doesn't, you know, that's not what I was. I've come only for Him, for His will to be done, not my own. And so he's always going to be with me as the pleasing happens. Right. Um, Do you have anything before I continue on verse 31? Just, I want you to pay attention as the reader, um, just like we are, how much of the gospel Jesus is talking about right here. He is laying down the foundation of his death. Um, You know, not this episode, but the next episode, we're setting up 
up to the night before the cross. Yeah. So this is, you know, Jesus is really laying it out right here of saying, this is why you need me. This is why I have come, because you cannot overcome sin. No matter how much we think we do good, you know, how much we go to church, how much we tithe, it does not matter. Salvation is a gift from God above. Yep. There is nothing that we can do to obtain it ourselves, but it is a gift freely given. And without this gift, we will die to sin. And, Amen. and there is no getting around that. There is Jesus is dealing in absolutes right here. And he is saying, without me, there is nothing here. You will die in your sin. And so I just want us to get the absolute just raw power that Jesus is displaying right here in his words, that he is laying the foundation before these people saying, you think that you're doing things right right now through the law, through through the traditions that you've grown through? No, no, no. I'm showing you that it is through me and what is about to happen to me that you will gain life and not death. It's like very black and white statements. Yes. Jesus was never gray. There was never a gray area for Jesus. Right. And so Jesus is calling them out and going, you're operating in this gray area because you're trying to make the law your own way, right. your own legalistic way. You're trying to make it hard to obtain, but I'm here to tell you it is hard because you have to be through me to do it. Right. You have to be through me to have salvation. You have to be through me to cover your sins because you will die in your own sins if you don't have me. Right. And so as you look at it, when Jesus even throws parables out there that to them, it might confuse them. It's still in black and white. Right. There is no gray area. He is right. speaking absolutes. So when he's saying, I am the bread of life, that's an absolute. Right. When he's speaking and saying, I am the light of the world, that is absolute. Right. There is no, well, could he be, or, you know, oh, I can get kind of what he's, no, he is. Right. He is the I am. And so the absolutes will continue on in John as we as we see it because we're going to cover five more I am statements right. that are absolutes. And that's the thing is Jesus, like Jamie just said, Jesus is not gray. He is black and white, and he is setting it up right here that this has to happen. You have to believe in me, and, and without me, you live in death. And so, you know, he's saying these things, and it's absolutely just mind-boggling these people. Now, now it does say, and, and many believed in him, because, you know, I think that the authority that he displayed, people began to realize, okay, this man is the Son of God. Yep. But then you got to think just how outlandish these these statements were to the Pharisees and to the leaders in the synagogues and things like that. Because, again, he's in the temple teaching this stuff. He's in here with the leaders, and, and I mean, they, they are probably just fuming and red as a fire engine, ready to kill this guy because mm-hmm. of what he is speaking. So what I want to challenge everybody, when we're reading these these chapters right here and we're going through this study after this podcast, go back and read these again. And I want to challenge each and every one of you. Do you seek the things that Jesus can do for you or do you really seek Jesus? Because when you truly are seeking Jesus, when you are truly seeking our Savior, our Messiah, you have to lay down your life you have to lay down your wants, your needs, your everything, and you have to pick up the cross of Jesus, and you have to take him into your life. You have to let the, the old things die and let the new things come. Man, I feel like preaching right now. Right. <laughs> I haven't preached in a long time, guys. Preach it. But this is the thing, guys. Jesus is so black and white, and he lays it out right here. You cannot live this certain way and enter into the kingdom of heaven. And yep. Jesus lays it out plain. This is what you have to do. Yep. This is what you have to do. And not only 
and, and even the things that he says that we have to do, we can't obtain it by ourselves. We have to lean on him. And, and, and we're about to get into probably my favorite section of the Bible, the Upper Room Discourse, and Jesus is going to show us in the next couple episodes that we do just how to lean into him. Amen to that. So we're going to continue on because you got to remember Jesus is truth. So Jesus speaks the truth, and so this next part is going to be something interesting as well. So Jesus said to the Jews who had believed in him, If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. So let's replace that for a second. If you abide in my word, so if you abide in Jesus, you are truly my disciples, and you will know Jesus, and Jesus will set you free. Right. So that's how you should be looking at that when you read that. That's what he's trying to tell these people. They answered him, We are offsprings of Abraham and have never been enslaved to anyone. How is it that you say you will become free? Mm. Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, anyone who practices sin is a slave to sin. The slave does not remain in the house forever. The son remains forever. So if the son sets you free, you will be free indeed. I know that you are offsprings of Abraham, yet you seek to kill me because my word finds no place in you. I speak of what I have seen with my father, and you do not, or you do what you have heard from your father. So Jesus is about to drop some nasty yep, it's about slaps to, uh, it's because, about to happen. because as he's talking about it, they're going, okay, wait a minute. You do what you have heard from your father. Yeah, of course we do what we've heard from our father, Abraham, but Jesus ain't talking about Abraham. As we continue on in verse 39, they answered him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said to them, if you were Abraham's children, you would be doing the works of Abraham did. But now you seek to kill me, a man who has told you that the truth that I heard from the God, the Father. This is not what Abraham did. You are doing the works your father did. They said to him, we were not born of sexual immorality. We have one father, even God. Jesus said to them, if God were your father, you would love me for I came from God and I am here. I came not of my own accord, but he sent me. Pause right there. Pause right there. Oh yeah, let's pause. So why, why bring up Abraham right here? Because what Jesus is alluding to and what Jesus is talking to is leaning on him, leaning on his understanding, leaning on the truth. If you abide in my word, you are truly my disciples, and you will know the truth, and truth will set you free. What is Jesus alluding to? Faith. Yep. What is Abraham? The father of faith. The father of faith. So when Jesus says, if you were Abraham's children, if you were the children of the father of faith, you would be doing the works of Abraham. You would have the faith. Boom. You would have faith that I am the one who the father sent. And you wouldn't be trying to kill me. You wouldn't be trying to to search me out and destroy me. But you would have the faith as Abraham did to lean into the father's understanding because I am the truth. I am the life. John throwing it back again. Yes, and that's that's what he continuously, as Jamie has said, he continuously brings up the Old Testament that they feel they know back in like the back of their hand. And Jesus says, no, you think you know it, yep. but you don't. Yep. Jesus comes and perfects those things that they held so dearly to themselves. Right. Verse 43, why do you not understand what I say? It is because you cannot bear to hear my word. You are my, <laughs> you are of your father, the devil. Mm, Ouch. And you were will. <laughs> I, I just, I can imagine like the way they got wide eyed <laughs> yeah, whenever he was like, you're from the father of the devil. And they're like, <gasps> yeah. like gasp. And your will is to do your father's desire. He was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. When he lies, he speaks out of his own character. For a liar, for he is a liar and the father of lies. But because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. 
Which one of you convicts me of sin? If I tell the truth, why do you not believe me? Whoever is of the God, whoever is of God, hears the words of God. The reason why you do not hear from them is that you are not of God. Mm. Man, that's tough. like good night, like Jesus. That's a slap in the face. Like yep. he, he's telling. So this is again, this isn't Gentiles. Right. These are practicing Jews. These yes. are the ones that they, you know, they've been studying their Torah. They've been studying everything from Moses and Abraham, their forefathers. They're saying, "Oh yeah, we keep the laws." What, they're not saying the word, but they're being legalistic about it. They're right. like they're trying to be black and white, and they're not. Right. And Jesus is going. I'm telling you, you're operating in this gray area, which is the devil. Like right. you're, you're operating by his desires and the one, the wants that he has and the lies that he has. Because again, Abraham being the father of faith, did he ever lie? Not that I can recall. No. And so he's like, he, he's even like throwing that back into them. Like if that's the truth, you wouldn't be lying. Right. Like Abraham and the things that he, he sacrificed and what he did, you're nothing like him. Right. And so, as we continue on, again, we're we're talking about Abraham. So remember, right. keep this in your mind. What is John trying to do here? Verse 48, the Jews answered him, are we not right in saying that you are a Samaritan and have a demon? Mm. So hold on now. So what's interesting is like the Samaritan. So we just had a story about the woman in Samaria. And Jesus, again, teaching the disciples, there is more harvest here than just the Jews. There's right. also these Gentiles, these Samaritans, these people that they thought they were following the law, but they truly didn't know truth. And then I brought it to them, and guess what? They're now going in a path that's so much better. And now the Jews, because you got to remember the hatred between the Jews and the Samaritans, they consider everybody in Samaritans as devils as these demonic people because they all thought each other were imposters. And so their biggest thing to go to here with Jesus is, are we out right in saying that you're a Samaritan and have a demon? Jesus answered, I do not have a demon, but I honor my father and you dishonor me. Yet I do not seek my own glory. There is one who seeks it and he is the judge. Truly, truly, I say to you, if anyone keeps my words, he will never see death. The Jews said to him, now we know that you have a demon. Abraham died, as did the prophets. Yet you say, if anyone keeps my word, he will never taste death. Are you greater than our father Abraham, who died, and the prophets died? Who do you make yourself out to be? Ooh, mm. here it goes. Jesus answered, if I glorify myself, my glory is nothing. It is my father who glorifies me, of whom you say, he is our God. But you have not known him. I know him. If I were to say that I do not know him, I would be a liar, like you, but I do know him and I keep his word. Your father Abraham rejoiced that he would see my day. He saw it and was glad. So the Jews said to him, you are not yet 50 years old. And have you seen Abraham? Jesus said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Mm. So they picked up stones to throw it at him. But Jesus hid himself and went out of the temple. Again, Jesus is doing this in yeah. the temple. Man. And there was something there that correlates back to the first chapter of John. Yeah. In the beginning was the word. The word was God and the word was with God. And so he's like, hold on. You're talking about age. Let me, let me be clear to you. Before there was Abraham, I was. Yeah. And again, hearkening back to Jesus was always there from the beginning. Right. And it was such a profound and to them blasphemous thing that they picked up stones, which by the way, how do you have stones in the actual temple? Yeah. 
ready like, to go. Ready to go. They ready, have ready to arm. It's like it's like you know you have your 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 tithing spot. You know you have the little water area to kind of you know they do a little thing in the water. Oh, and then you have these baskets of just stones ready to go when someone like speaks blasphemous things. You can just stone them in the temple. Right. Like how self righteous were these Jews that they were just at the ready to throw stones at Jesus because of what he said. I mean, then the fact that he's like, listen, you know, you're of the devil. He's doing this in a temple. Like, right. let's, let's remind you, everywhere that he has specifically said in John, it wasn't out on the streets. He was showing his own authority by stepping into the temple, that of which they saw at the highest peak of where you worship God, where you hear the word of God, the Torah and all that. He walked into their home, which was his, his, his home, which they didn't realize was where he would abide. And he was like, no, you think you know the truth. You don't know the truth. You're liars. You're deceivers. Just like your father, the devil, you're not of God. I am from God. And because you want to try to believe these lies and not believe the truth that's in front of you, I am the truth. Right. And then when he's like, <laughs> I just love how he's telling them all this. And then he's like that little, that last little bitty like bomb he drops on them before Abraham. Yeah, I was. Right. And they're like, what? There's no way. Right. I wonder if Nicodemus would have been in this room. If he'd have been like, hallelujah, like right. at that point, because he'd already talked to Jesus, he would have known. Right. But it's just, it's so interesting how, like, how would we, we react nowadays? Right. Like if we were in church and someone come up claiming to be Jesus. Now, granted, that's, that's a little different, <laughs> right? Yeah. But like if, if, let's say if it was, let's say Jesus came during our time instead of that time. You know, let's say that we had all this stuff and we, we, we had no way of getting out of our own sin. And finally, Jesus walks into one of our churches and goes, um, hey, celebrity pastor, you're teaching it wrong. Right. You know, hey, you're, you're doing this because you're prosperity teaching. Like, hey, you're wrong. Here's yeah. the, you're, you're, you're liars. Here's yeah. the truth. Like, our world will be so, like, what that are you talking or, about? You know, it's the celebrity pa- pastors with the prosperity or the legalist. No, the legalist. Hey, legalist. Yep. You got it all wrong. Yep. And that's what this, we're almost done with this episode. And the last thing that I want to say and leave with you guys is, again, I can't say it enough. Jesus is very black and white. Yep. So this whole movement that we've got in our culture right now of finding your own truth and finding the truth that best fits you and, and what you think is best and 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 love and, and, and everything, it's pretty clear that any quote unquote truth outside of Jesus is of the devil. It's a lie. When we make decisions outside of Jesus, when we are and I'm I'm just gonna be fiery right here, you know, there there are some controversies that are going on. When you do not align yourself with Jesus, you are wrong. Yep. And now there is a difference in just condemning and and not supplying the supplying is digging into the word and finding the truth. We're reading the exact words of Jesus. We are reading what Jesus said. That is where we find our truth. That is where we find our absolutes. This whole movement of, well, find your own truth and explore your own self. No, our own self needs to die to sin. Yeah, because your own and be, truth, and, your heart's deceitful, yes, so and, your own truth is a lie. Right, and be raised in Jesus. We need to foundation ourselves. And I, guys, I am, I am just as guilty as this. You know, mm-hmm. I'm sitting here saying all this stuff. I'm just as convicted as as I hope that you guys are. Yep. I'm just as convicted that when I sit there and think, oh, well, I think it should be this way. If I'm not leaning on the understanding of Jesus, 
I'm in the wrong. Yep. And Same when here. we have to find that when we are making decisions of our beliefs, we need to be sure that we are pulling our beliefs from the beliefs of Jesus. And anything outside of that, it is black and white. We are wrong. Yep. Amen to that. A A A. Amen to that. Man, this has been a great episode. Uh, again, a lot of it, again, is some of us just reading the scripture, not really deep diving on some of the stuff, but deep diving some on a lot of the other stuff. But regardless, you know, you may have come into contact with some scripture that you've read this week that you're now hearing us talk about in this uh, in this podcast. And you're like, oh, that correlates to this, and this may correlate to that. And you got revelation. Again, we're asking if, if there's something that we didn't cover and you and you got revelation for it, let us know because we want right. to know too. Like, this this kind of goes. This is this is black and white with us too. It can go back and forth. We, we're learning just as much as we're trying to teach it to you all as well. And not to say we're always going to get everything right or say all the right things. You know, again, that's the whole point. We're in process, and so we've now covered eight chapters of John, and we're going zero to sixty. I know it, but the next couple ones that we're going to be coming up on are going to be very paramount. We're going to continue more of the I am statements, and we'll kind of cover more into what. I am statements like what the the true definition behind like what the Jews were hearing versus what the Gentiles were hearing and I can't wait and 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 I, I want to add this too God God's I feel God telling me to say this when if you listen to this episode whether it be the day that it releases or maybe ten years down the road and something has struck a chord in your heart if something is impacting you right now or something we said and you're sitting here thinking, wow, that's I have a question about that, please reach out to us. We want to talk to you. We want to be um, maybe that voice that can help you walk into your next steps in your relationship with Jesus. Or maybe you've got a relationship with Jesus, but you want that something that just has that extra oomph to it. Reach out to us, please, You know, via Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, any of those avenues, email, reach out to us and let us help you in those next steps. Because here's the thing, guys, Jamie and I, we're still taking steps. We are still learning the process. We are still taking new steps with Jesus every day that we wake. We are in the ministry of Jesus Christ, not our own ministries. We are in the ministry of Jesus. And every day we are learning, we are continuing to grow. And there is nothing wrong with reaching out and saying, hey, something that you said really kind of struck my heart. Can you help me or explain this to me a little bit more? So please don't ever feel like that you can't reach out to us because I think that Jamie and I would be pretty encouraged if somebody reached out to us. So Absolutely. whether you're listening to this the, the Tuesday morning that it comes out or Thursday whenever we decide to release this, or if it's you know, 2050, I may be an old man, reach out to me and, and we can talk about it. So absolutely. I'm going to leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> I love you guys. I'm praying for you. This was an awesome uh, podcast today. And, and I appreciate, uh, you know, Jamie and I doing this. Absolutely. And, uh, and Jake and I, we're both, we're, we're at two different churches. He's at fellowship church uh, here in Knoxville. I'm at heart and soul church here in Knoxville. So when we talk about helping you with your next steps, it's not so much our own churches. It's, you know, we trying to talk to you as well. But if you don't have a home church, you talk to either one of us. I mean, you, there, there's tons of options for Knoxville. Yes. But we both serve at, these, of our, at our own specific, specific churches. And, uh, you know, but we still come together as one. And, you know, we're bringing this stuff together. And I think that's, that's something super cool is that you've got 
these these different avenues that you can take, you have choices. That's what I'm trying to tell you. And the coolest thing is the main choice is Jesus. Right. So regardless of where you're at, where you've come from, what sin you've walked through, like Jake was saying, it does it doesn't matter. Like you can still you can still adjust. You can Amen. still progress. You can still learn Jesus's heart for who he truly is. He's not some tyrant. He's not some person that's gonna sit you know step out of the corner there and go, Oh, I saw that sin. Like he's not, it's not what he's here for. He's here for, Hey, yeah, I saw that, but guess what? I still love you. I still have affection for you. I'm still going to give you grace. I'm still going to give you mercy. I want you to turn away from it. Like I'm going to speak truth to you. I'm going to convict you. I'm going to convict your heart. But in the end, I want what's best for you. And I know that the closer you are to me, the best you're going to have. And I think that reading some of these chapters, some people could get the, they're getting the hard Jesus. Yeah. They're getting the Jesus that, that not a lot of Jesus. people, you know, like, mm-hmm. and just just know that, you know, yes, Jesus is very loving, but Jesus is also very just. Yep, and Jesus is the truth. Now that shouldn't turn you away because the love of Jesus is just as powerful as the justice of Jesus. So, I, 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 if if this if these chapters discourage you. Wait for the next couple of chapters because Jesus displays the love and he displays the this is why you can come to me in in pain and in sorrow. We are your comforter, talking about the Trinity, the, the Holy Spirit that is coming. He is the comforter. So don't don't be discouraged. You know, some of these things that we read in, in chapter seven, chapter eight, and chapter six, that they can be hard to digest sometimes because sometimes we have to examine our lives and say, Wow, I kind of am sinful. Yeah. So uh, don't be discouraged. You know, this is this is a part. This is this is the refining moments. You know that that song, Refiner. You know this this is where we strengthen our relationship with Jesus when He strengthens us and pierces us with His Word that we can begin to expose the sin in our lives and overcome those sins. Amen to that. We're not identified by our sin. We're identified outside of our sin by Jesus. Yes. So, guys, it's been again. It's been a great episode of the podcast here on Outery. Uh, again, follow us on Facebook, Instagram. Hit us on Outery.com. Uh, again, reach out to us if you have any questions, comments, concerns, or you just want to know more. We we can we'll be deep diving as we go. Uh, we love you guys. This is James, Shane, and Jackson. We love you guys. God bless. We'll see you next time.